Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sam Yes, so being alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince McMahon's voice to reason, the Nostradamus of professional wrestling. Scott, also joining us is the best book machine from Ship It Studios and longtime contributor to the ATR brand, Mr. Zach. We are coming to you from above the rim, Ship It Studios premiere wrestling podcast covering all things from AEW to WWE worldwide. Monday, Tuesday, whenever this drops. Turner <laughs> time. Guys, we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. We had wild, wild week. Um, all I'll say, a year ago, we had a completely different podcast talking about brands differently. And things definitely, I would say, off the bat, have flipped. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> uh, it's, it's insane to, to, to see, um, especially with like where WWE was going. And it was... A struggle to get through Raw at times, and same with SmackDown. And it's like, what is going on? AEW was on this meteoric rise, and everything was just going on all cylinders with them. And then the game changed. No pun intended. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's like AEW's been in shambles, and WWE is pumping out the best contact that I've seen in 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 years. And I, I'm very happy to be a fan again. <laughs> as long as you're happy. It is funny wrestling to, to look back, even just a year, how different things can be. How much has changed? Yeah, I can only imagine this is similar to, again, apples to oranges, but this is similar from when WCW was the top, top dog to the switch to WWE becoming top dog again. Um. I think this is a, still a different scenario. There's a lot of different pieces in play here. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get right into it. Let's, I mean, I watched a couple couple of pieces from the WWE pay-per-views this weekend. Uh, Scott, Scott, just, just lead us into Clash of the Castle. Tell us about this wonderful uh, event. Yeah, I, like, like, like I just stated, the WWE has just been hitting everything. Like all cylinders... This crowd in, in Cardiff, Wales, God bless them. This was exactly what I, as a, as a fan of WWE, for so long needed. I love UK crowds. I, I really wish, and I even tweeted this out during the pay-per-view. I said, American crowds need to take notes when it comes to UK crowds and how they are so rambunctious and so full of energy and just chants and, and ridiculousness. And it's just, it, it just made the made the show that much better and the wrestling in this show was just ridiculous as it was already so when we did our pick show i even i remember mentioning this to zach i said i guarantee there's going to be more matches that are going to randomly pop up than we're going to pick and sure enough there was one on clash and then there was one on all out but we'll cover those as we go so our first during the kickoff show we had madcap moss and the street profits taking on the 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 first name regaining austin theory and the alpha academy now getting a first name back for me at least in wwe is a big deal so austin theory getting his name back and and of course now that i'm thinking of it my mind blanks somebody else recently just got their first name back and it's just it 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 feels like all is right in the world again (laughs) Vince liked to chop names off for no goddamn reason. Triple H is now giving them back. 
So, but I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, so I'm going to pull myself right back in. <laughs> so, um, this was a good match. Um, UK loved Madcap, and I'm all for that. He's just, he's just like a, a piece of white toast at the moment, though. It's like he, he doesn't really have much of a, a persona outside of when he separated from from Happy Corbin. They just need to give him, or he needs to develop something other than just being, ah, I'm I'm here and I'm gonna run people over. <laughs> um, but the Street Profits. What can I say about these guys that hasn't already been said? Uh, Montez Ford is a mega star in the waiting, and Angelo Dawkins has stepped up his game more than I've could have ever thought. Um, Austin Theory is Austin Theory. Everybody hates Austin Theory. That's just his shtick, and it works. And Alpha Academy, I, I can't say enough about these guys. Fantastic opening contest. Mad Capage and the Street Profits do get the victory here. And then we move on to the main show. So main show was the finally given a name to their faction, Damage Control, with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and, and Eo Sky taking on and defeating Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, uh, Miss Bliss, and Asuka. We had Bailey pinning Bianca, which is a big deal. So I was hoping it would be that because the other two are clearly the tag team of this group. So now we're probably going to jump into a Bailey and Bianca feud, which is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we had more surprises as Imperium is now whole, well, almost whole, three quarters whole again with Giovanni Vinci, the former Fabian Eichner, called up to the ro- to the main roster for the show. It was Gunther defending his Intercontinental Championship versus Sheamus. And dear God, match of the weekend. I almost, I almost don't know what to say about this match. That that just, I don't know if there are words. The brutality of this match, the the how these guys would not give up, and Gunther does eventually retain the title, but the standing ovation after this match that the crowd gave to Sheamus brought tears to my eye. And it was just, uh, this is, I like the flippy stuff. That's a lot of fun. But this match is just like two gladiators, like just going at it. And it's not even a matter of, are you not entertained? This is just, Oh my god! This is old school Haas. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. it's just oh my god. I, it's funny because just before we recorded this, I actually threw this on because I'm like, I need to watch something from this weekend to compare to All Out. And you, you said this is if anything, watch this. So I got, I was doing all my notes. I, I watched this. And, but first and foremost, Gunther's when Imperium came out, I actually got chills down my spine mm. when I realized Imperium might come back. You, you tweeted it. The tweet came through my phone, but. I'm like watching them come out and the crowd is lively. There was something about like this in general, which to me epitomized a change within the whole company that said this brand is on the up. They're back on the up. Yep. You know, and especially, and I'm going to take this a step further. A year ago with certain people in charge, I'm not going to point fingers. I think we all know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Gunther and Sheamus 
were the, hey, we got people from the UK and Europe and that's it. Right. You know, like the, uh, like, uh, like the Dino Bravos and, you know, you know, where I don't want to say meet Nakota, but like, you know, they come out, they lose or, oh, you got your, but this felt like they were like calib like, like again, title match caliber. They, they were given their shot and they were showing their actual talent and it just felt, it felt full. It felt filling and satisfying to watch yeah. these two do it. Especially Seamus for a while. Seamus seemed to just be floundering and he just, he, great hands incredible 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 match it was great for Sheamus to get that kind of an ovation and the crowd behind him in this match so even though he he didn't win it was it was really awesome to see that and the the crowd was was great through all this and I have to go back to the Bailey match for a little bit because the the crowd immediately doing the hey hey Bailey and Bailey doing everything that she could to try to be a heel and get them to stop doing that and the crowd did not give a damn and they just kept doing it just totally hijacked the match it was yep. hilarious yep that was I, I completely forgot about that yes that was fantastic like every time they would do it and she was in the ring she'd tag out crowd yeah. would move. The crowd that was would a move smart move a by her yes. that yes. was great yes um but yeah that oh man it's funny because when that first started, I forget who she was in the ring with. I think it might have actually been Bianca. Bianca just kind of looked at her and just smiled. And Bailey's just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is not supposed to happen right now. Right. Uh, and she, I, I was uh, I was reading uh, uh, Twitter yesterday and, and um, <laughs> Bailey's just like, this isn't 2015. Grow up, everybody. I'm just like, oh, yeah, still feeding the... the feeding the heel it's so good but yeah it's just the uk has waited 30 years since since SummerSlam 92 for a pay-per-view and if this doesn't scream we need to go back to the uk at least once or twice a year i i don't know what's gonna you know <laughs> it's yeah it needs to happen this for me for me it screamed it during nxt uk blackpool takeover yes Yes, that was a good one too. Oh man. Like like these they like again, they did bring up obviously SummerSlam 92, which is a you know, one of the best probably SummerSlam pay-per-views as ever to exist. Mm. And to go back and watch how the crowd is lively, how the Blackpool crowd from Takeover was lively and how this like th- there's something special in the UK that is not being tapped right now that needs to be tapped more often. Correct. I agree. And I, I think you know, all of Europe in general, but we'll we'll talk about that once we move over to Worlds Collide. Um, some very exciting things on the on the horizon for for WWE over in over in Europe. Um, but yeah, the rest of this card really good as well. Um, Liv Morgan getting a clean victory over Shayna Baszler, which I honestly. I think I would talk to with, with Zach about this. This was a hard match for me to figure out because they finally gave Liv the green light. And Shayna, since Triple H has come back into power, has been a dominant monster. So I was like, ah, they could go either way. But Liv getting the clean victory was was good. Um, now that Ronda Rousey has been you know, brought back into the fray, she's no longer suspended, I expect, at Extreme Rules. Um, them to have a rematch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We also had uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio taking on the Judgment Day. 
uh, Edge and Ray getting the victory. But the big thing here is that we finally got the turn. I expected it during the match, which is why I picked uh, Judgment Day to win. Uh, but I took the L on this one. But it came anyways. Dominic uh, with a, a fantastic Lobo kick to Edge. And Edge using all of his acting skills after he gets kicked in the nuts. <laughs> you just see him drop to his knees. And he's just looking up at Dominic like, why? Why? And he falls backwards. It's fantastic. And then... Ray's trying to, to calm down his son, and, and, and Dominic finally was just like, all right, fine, fine. And then he levels Ray with one of the hardest-hitting lariats I think I've ever seen. And people immediately were like, oh, my God, this is just like what Eddie did to him. You know, his Dominic's real father. And, and stuff like <laughs> Batista's done to him. And, like, they, they, they just rattled off all of the betrayals that, that Ray Mysterio has gone through over the years. And it's just, it's so good. Has uh, uh, random question. I'm going to yeah. jump here. Has Ray Mysterio looking back now, we talk about the you know, betrayals with Eddie and whatnot. Has he always been a face? If not mostly a face? He's always been a face. I don't think he's ever been a heel in WWE. Wow. Yeah. He's been yeah, one in WCW after he lost his mask, but in WWE, he's been a face. One, I believe 100% of the time. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, he's the ultimate underdog. You really can't hate him. So it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know what a heel Rey Mysterio would, would, would look like. I don't know. Now I kind of want it. <laughs> Just to see. Yeah, I don't know how you would even do that. Yeah. It was also funny how the internet pulled up the tweet from 10 years ago when Ray yes. was talking about WWE, whatever, 2K12 maybe. <laughs> about how he was going to bring it home and beat his son in it. And everybody somehow brought up this tweet from 10 years ago. And it's like, finally, Dominic got revenge for his he dad. His beating, beating, <laughs> yep. beating his, yeah. Like, Go home, beat my kid's ass. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Um, the internet sometimes can be a wonderful thing. They can find all these random little tidbits from, decades ago sometimes they have they need to go out and touch some grass but that's that's beside the point um but yeah that was so i'm very excited for actually for raw tonight to see uh the beginnings of what's going to be what's going to happen uh with all this nonsense um another match which i would probably put maybe at least on this card probably the the actually i'll probably say the third best match which is kind of strange for me to say but seth rollins and matt riddle matt riddle was the other one that got the, his name back he got his first name back um don't you mean elton john <laughs> oh my god i love that so much <laughs> seth rollins in his outfits coming out to this ring is just i don't know he always tops himself but yes he was definitely elton john um with the flames and everything it was just it's outstanding um this match there's some real life animosity here however we want to talk about we'll, we'll talk about some the the incorrect way to handle your animosity and we'll talk about the correct way to handle your animosity here there was an interview that came out uh i believe right before clash uh where they were talking to seth about how his you know his true feelings about riddle and i'm I'm 95% sure this was not in character Seth. This was real life Seth talking about um, how he does not like the way Riddle handles himself. Um, 
kind of thinks like he's a little too big for his, you know, for his britches type thing. But in the ring, Seth's like, I'm a professional. For a while, I didn't want to work with him. But when it came to it, you know, he's like, there's no denying his kid's skills. He just needs to smarten up. So this match was outstanding. Um, Seth getting the victory. And I remember uh, I read something. This is the first premium live event or big show victory for Seth, I believe, in 14 months. He's lost everything. Whoa. Yeah, I couldn't That's believe surprising. it either. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I couldn't believe that either. But it's he always good. has good matches that you remember. But Right. I yeah, but he, he always takes the loss. Doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just, uh, you know, just, just speaks to how, how great he is. Like if Roman wasn't around, Seth would be the guy like mm-hmm. easily. Like this is, this is almost like rock stone cold, like type of mega power between these two. It's like, they, they're there and they're, we, we should be appreciative of having them here because in a few years, Neither might be around anymore, and it's yeah, that would be that would be tough. Um, so that that finishes, per, I believe, finishes off that feud. Um, and then our main event. You which, think it finishes that feud? There hasn't hasn't Seth gotten the upper hand every time? Shouldn't, that's what I'm. That's riddle. What I'm, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I mean, I, they might they might have something at Extreme Rules, but. Is it is it needed at this point? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset with it because they they both have great chemistry in the room uh, in in the in the ring, and I would definitely love to watch them just beat the crap out of each other once again. So, sure. <laughs> and I and I hope that Riddle keeps going, like getting more angry, and keeps going that direction and becomes a killer. So that could be interesting to see. Uh, imagine imagine that and then you have randy orton return from injury and randy has to be the voice of reason <laughs> that would be fun that would be that oh see now see now you got the wheels turning mm. yeah see we don't have to stop it yet we can that's true yeah forget what i just said dude. yeah we'll... <laughs> full set <laughs> we'll keep going <laughs> um but this this main event also um I would probably say easily second bat second match of the night and in, in probably top probably top three for the full weekend. Uh Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I really wish they'd split these titles up, but I get why they're not. Um I have to say that this is the first time I've seen Roman this rattled since the very early stages of the travel chief stuff when he was wrestling with Jay, the crowd 100% behind drew. You could see it in Roman's face. It just, it's a testament to how good Roman has become when it comes to his acting skills and, and stuff like that. And every time he hit a big move, the crowd would boo and he'd trash talk the crowd. Cause that's what Roman does. And we get down to the, the the end of this. This match was over thirty minutes, and I'm and it felt like it it ended in a flash. Drew hits a claymore. Michael Cole, I thought was going to lose his voice about twenty times during this match. 
thinks the match is over. The ref goes for the pin, and then the ref gets yanked out of the ring. Because I have to say, Roman was by himself during this match. There was no Paul Heyman because he's still dead after Brock uh, (laughs) fived him through the, uh, the table. The Usos were unable to to travel. I'm assuming because of certain law infraction, but what, whatever. We'll, we'll we'll leave it with that. And um, Sammy uh, and Sammy wasn't there because Drew pretty much killed him on SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> so Roman was by himself, or so we thought. So the ref gets yanked out of the ring, and we find out that the person who had done this after he takes off his hood is NXT's own uh, Solo Sequoia, who is also the youngest, I believe, brother or cousin of the Usos. So I'm like, the bloodline grows. This is wonderful. Uh, I was I was anticipating this call-up, so I'm glad this has happened. Because of the distraction, Roman was able to get the win, retain, and continue on his epic title run. I want this man to continue to hold on to this title until WrestleMania 40. I want it to happen. I saw something that if he holds on to the title until WrestleMania 39, he'll be at 945 days, which is about 80 days short of fifth all time. So he needs to hold on to this title throughout. I want him to get top five. And if he makes it to mania, he may even get top four. So, I want it just just for the record's sake. He can retire after he's done. He doesn't have to do anything after that. But give this man his flowers. He's done a phenomenal job with this whole thing. And people are like, oh, there's nobody left for him to wrestle. Oh, they clearly is because Cody's going to return from injury. You still have Seth, who Roman has never beaten in a one-on-one contest ever. You have people from NXT that you can call up that potentially could be fodder. You have the returning Braun Strowman, who's supposed to return on Raw tonight. Well, to add to that, you have all the returning NXT people who are released or all the returning WWE talent that Triple H is bringing back. That is correct. Yes, there are there are plenty of high-caliber people that can be thrown at Roman to have a great program with and for Roman to continue to go over. I get it. People are upset. They don't like the champion being for so long. But yes, I understand that. Imagine how the people in the 80s felt when he had champions that would hold on to the title for 2000 days. But back then they were spectacles, which is kind of what Roman's turning into. So I applaud this. I like this move. This is different than a Brock Lesnar being a champion because Brock will disappear for months on end. And back then WWE didn't do anything with the Intercontinental championship or the U S title to make them feel bigger. The moment triple H took over, we've had vignettes for both titles the Intercontinental Championship was finally defended on, on a pay-per-view for the first time since WrestleMania 38. It's just like, come on. Now's the time to build those champions up. And I think Gunther is the perfect example to be an Intercontinental Champion. I, I saw something that he could be the next or the first person to break Honky Tonk's record as being Intercontinental Champion. And that's so a long way to go, but I could see Gunther doing that because... If Sheamus can't beat him, who can? Someone should really take that record from Honky Tonk, man. I agree. I mean, Honky Tonk did a great job back then. But yes, I, if somebody of the caliber of Gunther, now with full, with with pretty much the full Imperium behind him, 
Triple H is doing the one thing that I've always wanted. He's starting to rebuild the factions. Three-man, four-man, whatever. It's there. They're starting to come back. And I am a happy, happy person. <laughs> Speaking of factions, don't you think there should be a faction that, a big faction that builds and comes at the bloodline? Because they haven't really. It might be Imperium. Ooh. Gunther may decide that he doesn't just want to be Intercontinental Champion. Gunther might be that man that takes the title from, from Roman Reigns. Ooh. I, I honestly, like, if I was booking, this is how I would do it. Tell us. You need, you need, you need a big <laughs> man, you need a big, a big superstar to win the Rumble uh, going into WrestleMania 40. You could do Cody. You could do Gunther. You know, you 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 could do you, you could even do Braun Breaker if you're gonna pull him off. But they need to have the most amount of momentum behind them charging into WrestleMania 40. It's gotta be in Philly. Hell, maybe somebody with some ECW backgrounds. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how things go. But I, I just I'm st- I know with Triple H in charge, things are, are different. They're, they're not, they might be different. They are different. It's just the feel of the show is just different. So I just hope that they're able to, once they determine a winner for the men's Royal Rumble, that they don't drop the ball on this kid, whoever it's going to be, and just let them have these insane amount of momentum going into WrestleMania 40 for probably what's hopefully will be one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. Roman finally loses. The world rejoices. And then Roman can go ahead and retire and be perfectly fine. I think that would be Hollywood. Yeah. Be a great way to go out for him. I think that would be outstanding because after you lose the championships, can you really call yourself the trouble chief anymore? It's the perfect way to go out. You go out on your shield. Roman always wins at WrestleMania, pretty much. Minus um, 31. Huh? Minus 31. Right. Well, we'll, you know, we'll talk about WrestleMania 31. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but honestly, like, recently, Roman's pretty much always won the big one. So, it's perfect way for him to lose, kind of like what he did at 31, and then just kind of go off into the sunset. He's had a great career. And now his best stuff is here. So I want to see it for just a little bit longer. It's crazy. We're talking about Roman. I, I, we can, I do want to point out a couple years ago when we first started the show, we would talk about Roman Reigns like he was a burden. Like every time we talk WWE, we'd be like, huh, and it's another Roman match to headline the pay-per-view. Yep. Great. Yep. Cool. And now we're talking about him like he is like the best thing in professional wrestling. Yep. But speaking of best or future best, we had, uh, like you talked about, you talked about the merging of NXT and NXT UK because mm. we got NXT Europe coming up. Yep. Um, I didn't get to watch anything from Worlds Collide. I do want to check it out because I've always been a fan of the UK brand. Mm-hmm. They've always, for me, and this is going to be a controversial statement to me. The UK brand, I think, has always been a notch over the US brand just because of I just NXT UK Blackpool sold that for me. I'm not sure if Scott remembers watching. Zach. I don't know if you yes. watched that pay-per-view. 
I knew I nobody I and I was sold on everybody. It was just, it was that European, that British, just hard knocks style fighting. And it yep. was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, the one thing before Scott goes into these picks, the one thing I do want to mention here, I, I thought, and again, correct me if, you know, Scott can correct me here. I felt like this could have been an opportunity to do this show over in the UK yes. for the Swan Song. Yes. It should have been. They should have oh. brought this. They should have brought these guys over to the UK to do it because the crowd would have sent them off correctly. Um, I mean, not to not. I shouldn't say that because the crowd in Orlando was on fire also for the entire show, which was good. I, I was happy that they did that um, because these matches, they <laughs> the, most of them, I should say, well, there was what, five or six. Yeah. There was definitely. It was worth it was worth watching. The crowd did a good job making everybody feel like important. But yes, I agree with you. I, I think I even tweeted. I said, I wish this show would have been over in the UK because putting it in, in a larger stadium it didn't have to be at the, at the, the stadium they were at um, on Saturday. They could have gone to another uh, a smaller stadium, but still to have more than like 900 people. Well, not even that, probably a few hundred people in, in, a, in a small building. I, I felt like it didn't do it didn't do the whole show justice, but but as you as you said, we slide over to Worlds Collide Sunday midday. I like that they did this because I was a little worried at first that they were going to go head to head with All Out, and I'm like, that's a bad decision. <laughs> I said, please, dear God, have this earlier in the afternoon, and they obliged, which was good. I liked it. It was it was a quick pay per view too. Well. Quick premium live event. I just put it back to a pay per view. God damn it! Um, <laughs> it was quick. I think it was over in less than three hours. It was like two when I pulled it up on Peacock. It said two hours eleven minutes. Yeah, it was super quick. So it, it felt like just a, a a regular episode of, or at least the length was a regular episode of NXT 2.0. But the matches they felt a lot bigger than this, um, especially this first one. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet for the North American Championship. Holy shit. I need these two as a tag team at some point because Jesus Christ. Uh, this this match is how you do flippy shit correctly. And I tweeted that out and like people were like, oh my God, it's true. It's just there were times where I thought that both men would like bounce themselves off the second rope and go outside the ring because they were flying everywhere. It's like, you need that air traffic controller telling them where to go because Jesus Christ, it was insane. Um, the, and I love how they hit each other's big moves on one another and they kick out and the match ended on a roll up. It's like, that ends that quickly. And it's like, Normally, I'd be like, oh, God, a roll-up, really? But in this match, this made, actually made some good sense. And it's like the match can end that quickly. And how surprised Ricochet was just fed to it. And it was just, yeah. Uh, also, Carmelo, his entrances are just ridiculous. With all the jerseys of all the people that he's beaten in his reigns. And then, of course, the big one with Ricochet at the end. And, and before the match even started, I was like, you know, this kid is going to be a mega star once he eventually goes up to the main roster. And I, I still like laugh at to myself about how I remember watching him in a local indie fed in Massachusetts and having this kid come out with a Michael Jackson gimmick. 
And I'm looking at this kid and I'm just like, oh, okay. Because I like Michael Jackson music. So I'm like, all right, cool. I kind of resonate with this guy. All right, let's see what he does in the ring. And then I watched his match. I was like, the fuck? I'm like, this kid's going to go somewhere. And then he he develops his, his whole brand and goes forward. And then WWE signs him. I'm like, all right, here we go. And then he wins the breakout tournament. And then he wins the North American Championship. And I'm like, this kid needs to win the, the NXT championship at some point. And then this man is going to go to the moon. No offense to Cameron Grimes when it comes to the main roster. I'm so excited for, for Carmelo Hayes going forward. And it's, yeah, the future is so bright with this kid. It's fantastic. Sam's going to need two pairs of sunglasses for this kid. Yeah. I mean, he was talented when I saw him at Ring of Honor, Global yep. Wars. You know, I think I even told you that first week he showed up in in NXT. I was like, he's gonna yep. he's gonna go to the like you said to the fucking moon. Yep, I'm very I'm very excited to see where he goes. As long as he could stay healthy, this man is gonna go places, and I'm I'm very excited to watch it happen. The crowd was super hot for that. Oh my match too. God, yes, insane! Like like almost jumping the barricades. How excited they were. <laughs> Uh, like some of these near falls, I'd see people in the front row like hop like halfway up the thing. I'm just like, guys, chill, <laughs> be excited. But oh my god! Um, but after that, we moved on to the unification of the NXT and NXT UK Tag Team Championships. It was a a four way elimination match, which I think they switched on that because it was supposed to be just a fatal four way, but they made it an elimination match, which for me is even better. I love those so much more. Makes the match longer and you can slowly start dissecting people as you go away. So Mr. Zach over here looks at the names. He doesn't watch NXT and he's like, Hey, this, uh, this pretty deadly team. I like the name. So I'll pick them to win. I'm like, Always right. been a huge Pretty Deadly fan. I, yeah. I saw them at an indie show. Yeah, I just, I said, these kids are going places. No, no. I, yeah, I didn't even know who was in, in that team. I didn't know what they looked like, but I did pick them based off the name. That is correct. But as I'm watching the event, and as soon as these guys came out, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I get it. I get their gimmick instantly and I love it. And I'm so glad that I picked them now. He texted me so fast. He's like, I'm a huge fan of them now. This is perfect. I'm like, well, I'm glad I, I kind of figured you would the moment you saw them. Um, but pretty deadly outlasted everybody and becomes the, the undisputed unified NXT tag team champions. Um, I picked my boys Gallus. I, I expected... I expected some some things from NXT UK in this match, and technically you can kind of throw pretty deadly in there because they came from uh, from the UK as well. Uh, they've just been over here for a little while. Um, I, I'm happy with them being full time champions. Um, you know, being unified champs, I think this is this is going to be fun. Um, all the other teams have a great you know great claim to try to challenge. I was a little surprised with. Uh, Briggs and Jensen being the first ones eliminated, being the at the time the UK tag champs. Uh, and then I believe after that it was Gallus. Uh, <clears throat> and then the Creed brothers lost because Damon Kemp, who was part of the the uh the diamond mine, turned on his brothers 
and allowed pretty deadly to get the win. Uh, also, before the show started, Roderick Strong, who's also part of the Diamond Mine, was found pretty much beaten to a bloody pulp out in the parking lot. I mean, the NXT parking lot is also like a minefield in, in its own right. Um, and for those of you who watch the show, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so Rod being taken out, I didn't, you know, it's like, oh, my God, who, who attacked Roderick Strong? I kind of now have a clue, and I'm pretty sure most people do as well. Um, but Damon Kemp now probably no longer part of uh, Diamond Mine. There's thoughts that Gable Stevenson, who's uh, signed a contract with, with WWE a long time ago when he was still wrestling in the Olympics, is going to come and join Damon because I believe that they already have some history together. Um, and then they'll probably challenge the Creed. So that should be a lot of fun to watch once that starts rolling uh but now pretty deadly can just go off and be their merry selves with Lash legend who honestly by herself she was floundering in the women's division and i know that's a controversial topic for some people but i will i'm just going to give my opinion <clears throat> putting her with pretty deadly is a smart move so i uh i i look forward to seeing what's going to happen with all them after that, we had the triple threat match to unify both the NXT women's or NXT and NXT UK women's championships. You had Mandy Rose, who's on a run of a lifetime, taking on the NXT UK champion, uh, Miko Satamora, and Blair Davenport, who was the number one contender for the UK women's championship. This match was a lot of fun. I, I forgot how good Miko is in the ring. Um, I would love to see her stay, but I've heard reports that she does not want to move to the U.S., so this might be the last time we see her, um, unless she joins the European brand once that shows up. Uh, Blair Davenport, I've watched her before uh, coming to WWE, and uh, she's got she's got a lot of talent, and she showed it in this match. But my girl Mandy, retaining and in winning this whole match, with a with a beautiful double rising knee that she does, like it's just, I think only Triple H is better. Like honestly, like I, it's just it's so fluid the way she does it. But she hits both of them at the same time, and I, I believe pins Blair, and wins the title. Now, everybody in their mother has been on Mandy's case because oh she's just there for her looks. That's definitely a part of it. Um, have you seen Toxic Attraction? Hello. <laughs> but Mandy can get it done in the ring. Her in-ring skills have, have considerably gotten better as time has gone on. And I believe that she truly deserved this. And now she can continue on her run. Uh, I believe she will... Uh, I think she might be third or fourth longest reigning NXT champion. Uh, NXT Women's Champion. So she'll continue on that and I, I, I want to see who's next, honestly, for, for her. But I'm very happy for Mandy. Uh, after that, we had our NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match as Katana Ch Chance and Caden Carter took on and defeated Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H., but only because Toxic Attraction made themselves known at the end of this match. Uh, so kind of surprising as to why that happened. I don't know if Toxic is eventually going to move up as a whole or the tag team. I don't know. It was a, it was a little bit. This probably for me at least was the only kind of weird part about this show. It's like why is Toxic Attraction here? 
I understand if they were going after Chance and Carter, but they go after the SmackDown super or Raw superstars. So I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. Um, but whatever. The Champs so, are so let me let me bring this up. When I was going, going when you texted me Wednesday and you're like, hey Sam, I need your picks. So you know, Zach and I, we can uh talk about this. I'm like, okay. So I started going through the cards. I'm like, okay, this person, da, da, da. and I came here and I'm like. They're champions because you and I, we've talked for a long time about, you know, Katana and Kaden, yep. like they have such great chemistry. They're just like, personally, they should have been the first women's tag tight champions, in my personal opinion. But I was actually pretty shocked when I was like doing my picks and I'm like, oh, they're, they're champions. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yep, uh, I believe uh, the current champions, if I'm remembering correctly, the current champions, one of them was hurt, so they had to drop the tag titles. So they did a four, fatal four-way to become the new champs, and they ended up winning that that fatal four-way um, to get the championships. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. Um, the whole Cora, Jade, and um, Roxanne Perez thing. When Cora turned on um, Roxanne, cost Roxanne her shot at the title against Mandy, Cora then took the title and threw it in the trash. So I'm like, okay, well, that tag team. So I was thinking of an, uh, another tag team thing. So they've had a few of those in, in NXT, which is nice that they're actually doing something with the women's tag team titles because the main roster certainly wasn't for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, there was the fatal four-way and then um, Chance and Carter end up getting the victory, and they've done a pretty good job as, as tag champs. Um, and this was a really good, it was a good match. It was just kind of confusing as to why Toxic got involved at the end, but it is what it is. Uh, but the main event, which was another fantastic match, Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate to unify the NXT and NXT UK champions. Uh, I had hoped the uh, no, and nothing against Braun, I just feel like he needs more of a character development um but if you look back at how the steiners were they really didn't well at least rick he didn't really have one scott steiner ended up turning into something completely different but scott steiner has the best character development in any wrestling well i'm not i'm that's what i'm saying like he he went off and turned off and turned on into something else rick was just rick steiner like if you watched any of the old stuff with rick rick didn't really change his gimmick really i don't believe at all <laughs> yeah scott became a math, math genius of okay. course yes he shares the same birthday with your boy here so you know I, so, I, will, I will be okay with that what i will say is i think the first couple times i've seen Braun breaker wrestle i was like this guy uh, again he's the next in line yeah he's gonna go up there and he's a main event guy however what i think needs to happen going off of that with triple h taking over imagine going to the main roster and being like my name is Braun steiner like yeah, he dropped the breaker and then he put Steiner on it because I think that's part of the problem with him. Is you know you might have oh who's Braun Breaker nobody knows but when you drop a Steiner you're gonna have your older people going wait a minute is that is he related to the Steiner brothers and they're like yeah. oh yeah that's so and so you know so I think in the I think in the long run it's it's doable yeah possibly. I, I- I think this is this is one of those moments where you can't make money off the Steiner name, so you have to make a name that works that can sell money. So Braun Breaker ends up being that name. Um, I I think it's unfortunate because I believe I agree with you 100. He should be a Steiner because you bring that Steiner power with it, and it's I think it'll do even better for him. 
Um, his mic work has improved, but it's obviously still needs, you know, there's still definitely more room for improvement. Um, but you're right. I think he's definitely going to be one of those next in line. He might even be one of those people that gets fed to Roman, or maybe even he might be the one to beat Roman. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, the main reason why I picked, at least for me, Tyler Bate, because A, he's the big strong boy. And number two, I figured this was the perfect time for Braun to get called up to the main roster. Have him start his run. Obviously, they see differently. Um, but this match was outstanding. I, I, I all constantly forget how strong Tyler Bate truly is. And like during this match, I was just like, yep, this is why I should have always stayed on the NXT UK train when this stuff was going on and continued watching because he's, yeah, insane. Uh, the way, go ahead. I was going to say, you, you mentioned if there's any UK star that they cannot drop in NXT Europe, it's Tyler Bate. Correct. Top 10 matches of the decade was Tyler Bate and Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Yep. When the UK title was introduced. Yep. Uh, Timeless. Absolutely timeless. I need to watch this match. This was the match I was going to put on before we recorded, but time constraints, you know, that's understandable. Yeah. No, this, this was a, this was a lot of fun. Um, the finish to this match actually made me like jump out of my chair because it just happened so quickly. So I'll, I won't I won't spoil it. I'll let you go and enjoy it. Um, but for those those of you who watched it, I'm, I saw a lot of responses on Twitter with the same way. Um, but yeah, th- this was this was a lot of fun. Um, and WWE did not really miss at all this weekend. They they just put on a great two shows. And personally, I love to see it. Yeah, they were they were both very enjoyable. Yeah, throughout no, no like boring matches that fell out of place or anything. Yeah, it felt consistently good. It was you love to see it. Yeah, now, <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly. I, I I need to do this quickly. So let's go back to last year. Last year. Around this time, we were talking about AEW All Out. And again, I think it would probably going to be in the top five best pay-per-views of the 2020s. WWE had what going on at that point? I feel like there was a, an event that, was it SummerSlam? Normally, SummerSlam is is the end of August. Uh, this year, they moved it up. Okay. It was a week. before Clash. Okay. This was a week or two apart. And WWE, that was the Roman Reigns-John Cena main event. Yes. And we were, uh, I don't watch it, but I don't remember if this card was great or if it was like, eh. I'm, I'm, however, what I'm getting at here is, it is now 2022. And in the words of Steve Carell in the office, oh, how the turntables. <laughs> Before we, I don't even know where to start. I want to start with the cons, I guess. I mean, haha, Tony Khan. <laughs> um, if this show proved anything, there are pros, and we're gonna go through this. If this show proved anything, the company needs to be structured better, and Tony Khan needs writers. Yep. You know, I know Tony. Tony did a great job the first few years writing. 
but now he's at the point where he needs people to be writing with him, working with him. Yep. He's starting to, I'm going to pinch myself for saying this. He's starting to look like Vince McMahon was in the way we critiqued Vince. Vince wrote everything. Everything went through Vince. Vince had the last say. Vince would rip. I mean, luckily, Tony's not ripping up storylines. My understanding, QT Marshall's his number two guy when it comes to writing. So, Which which is a good person to have as your number two. But no, you're 100% correct. Like, I literally was watching this last night, and I was like, this is... I'm like, when did AEW turn into Vince's WWE? Like, what happened? The other thing I want to mention here is we've been... And I was reading an article. We have not... I was expecting some next AEW... Sorry, Ring of Honor event to be announced. Mm. We've had two events. I, you know, I, will, I won't even talk about Supercard because I was technically during the buy, you know, the, the, the purchasing phase. Right. Well, we've had Death Before Dishonor, which we were at. It was a really fun show. It actually mm-hmm. might be one of the best AEW shows of the year or, you know, the con, whatever you want to call it at this point. Nothing. Not even like a follow-up, like a final battle or s- just something. Yeah. Give people something. We have nothing. I know Tony's looking for a permanent home for the weekly shows. But we have t- we have titles that aren't even being used. We're not even seeing Dalton Castle and the boys. Right. With, with their six-man tag teams. We're not, you know, um, Mercedes Martinez is out on injury, but no talk about the Ring of Honor women's title. Right. You know, we're kind of sitting here floundering with Ring of Honor. But let's go through this card because I <sighs> this was not the worst pay-per-view I've seen. No. No, I've definitely seen worse from from some other from WWE and and stuff like that. But for AEW, I think this might have been their worst pay per view that they've ever done. Agreed, agreed. Let's put that on the table now. Um, and again, we're not talking WCW two thousands bad. We're not talking about December dismember bad. But there was a lot of decisions and a lot of things here that just made us turn our heads and go, "What? Mm, yeah." And then the, the things to happen after, which has, I think, a lot of people concerned. Right. Which we'll get into. So first and foremost, let's say that the pre-show was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was, yeah, definitely wasn't bad. Um, the first thing, at least for me with this whole thing, is that 15 matches over five hours. You, you're, getting, you're getting awfully close to an exhaustion point. Uh, for a lot of people and I don't know if that was part of it going through this too but like you said the questionable calls and, and the things that happened I don't know but this crowd was was not it like and I I was surprised it's a Chicago crowd that normally one of the rowdiest people you know in all of professional wrestling and in sports entertainment but they were dead for probably half of this, at least half of this pay-per-view. Yeah. And then there was, I want to bring this up. I don't know if either of you picked this up, but there was a point in one of the matches where I think Excalibur, and I don't know if this was part of like just them commentating, but it got weird. I don't know if you know Excalibur or some uh, Tony didn't address Taz correctly. And you hear Taz go, that's the third time you didn't call me Taz. And I think then it was Tony calling Taz Excalibur. 
yeah. or JR or, or something. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I, I I remember hearing that and I was just like, wait, it what? was like but, 30 seconds of silence after that. Right. Yeah. Like I thought it was supposed to be comical because they 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 shit around all the time on commentary. But yeah, it was like that awkward silence afterwards. I'm like. Taz really getting heated over accidentally being called the wrong name. It, shit happens. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But, it's um, just weird all around. Yeah. So we'll go through this quickly. Um, Sammy and Ty defeating Ortiz and Ruby for the AAA World Mixed Tag Team. I think that's something we all saw because I don't think Ruby or Ortiz is going to go over to triple a yeah. drop the titles i think this one that one made sense it was not a bad match they they, they have great chemistry you the know one, the one problem i have with this match is mm-hmm. sammy not really seeming to give a shit about what happens to ruby because um he dropped her on her neck Why during this that? match uh and it's like you damn near almost killed this poor girl and then she continues to wrestle for another few more minutes but it's like Sammy, I mean, I get it. He he was holding her back for 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 Tay to do this this uh, bicycle kick to her, but Sammy just let her go and didn't like kind of swing her down. And Ruby lands literally on her neck and then like does this awkward twist. And I'm just like, oh my god! I'm like, you damn near almost killed somebody on on, on live television. Like this isn't pay per view yet. On YouTube. Exactly. It's like, come on. Like, Jesus Christ, guys. I don't want, again, I don't want to be, and I, we kind of talked about this before the show, but I, I, I'll drop this in here. Um, I know there's been a couple of, and maybe Eddie's just good at, like, you know, storytelling, but I know there was a supposed confrontation between Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston. Yep. And Sammy um, sounded like he can be a prima donna. But, Again, you know, it's the dirt sheets. Right. Who knows? Right. You know, maybe it's part of the character. Sometimes reality. Yeah, you don't know. Um, but interesting way to go, you know, start start off the pay-per-view. One of four. One of four pre-show matches. Mm. Next up, Hook defeating Angelo Parker. I mean, it's Hook. Hook. I thought this was a really good Hook match. He's definitely starting to really hone his craft. Yep. And are are we we got Action Bronson out there? Are we going to see Hook and Action Bronson tag team against Angelo and Daddy Magic? I I would I would or or it was just a one time thing. I, I couldn't tell. I honestly I think Hook could take on both of them by himself. He could, <laughs> Action yes. Bronson can just stand there and clap. Um, but honestly, I, I think that'd be a cool like one off like randomly showing up on dynamite i think that'd be pretty fun to watch agreed agreed next up we had Pac defeating a returning kip sabian 500 plus days not wrestling on dynamite now keep in mind he hasn't been i don't know if he's been injured or what's been going on but if you've ever seen in the shows there's a guy with a box over his head that's been kip sabian the whole time yep i was actually pointed that out to my buddy by my buddy rob the first time I went to Dynamite with him, I think that was my second taping. And he goes, you see the guy with the box on? That's Kip. And he came out, and Kip has always been, he's been a hes, he's been a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. But he really showcased himself, I think, in this match. Yeah, he did a good job. Uh, I, I like the fate, I like the part that he's also kind of crazy, because during the match, he started talking to the box. Do, do you get the Al Snow vibes? Oh, like, yeah. That's all, Thank that's you. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want it. Like, like you want to look, I, it's wrestling. It's weird. It's whatever, but let's get Kip involved with it. Like, don't tell me in a year's, two years time, you're going to get a Kip Sabian actually with a box on it. I buy that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think this was great. You know, Pac looked great as well. Um, it's good to see the all Atlantic championship uh, defended on AEW TV. I know I, I almost feel like this is their way of promoting AEW outside of the company with that belt, but it was, it was good. It was fun. It was what you expected by from Pac and Kip actually. Yep. Kip could come out and say, what does everybody want? Box. Box. <laughs> what does everybody need? Box. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Al Snow, isn't he a trainer right now with AEW? Or is he still with WWE? Uh, actually, I think he's with Impact. He's with Impact. That'd be funny if he get the okay to do that. Oh my God, if he gets the okay to do that. Whew. Yeah. Because even at the end of the match, he lost. He's like talking to the box. I know, he's like, yelling at it. Yes. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, man. I, I like I like that too like uh, when he first came out like I know he's been sitting around with the box forever and and then it comes out and I like the, all, uh, and I like what he's done with like his his change with like his hair and everything else I'm just like all right makes you stand out a little bit that's cool uh, but I'm used to Kip Sabian doing his stuff with you know Penelope and stuff like that but he comes out, he's still, he's wrestling. And then when he first turned and starts talking to the box, I was like, oh, okay. We're going that route. Okay. This is I'm like, I like fresh. even more now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yes, the, the Al Snow vibes. I did not mean to freak out like that, but that was the first thing I thought of too. It was just like, oh my God, it's Al Snow vibes. Oh, that's great. Then, <laughs> yeah. I no, thought I, it was a little too old. I was like, nobody's going to think about that either. And then he said it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, no, uh, it's all I could think about. I think that would, I think that would be good for him. And if, again, if he can get the okay from Al Snow to do that, oh, that make it a thousand times better. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, next match, and I don't even know. I'm not going to top these in any particular order. Top five match of the night for AEW: Eddie Kingston taking on defeating Tomohiro Ishii. What? Uh, again, I mean, what if you're talking about fast. like chops and slaps. I would still probably put Gunther and Sheamus first this weekend. Yes. But this was this was this was pretty close. Yeah, this was this was good. I think for me, this was the second best match of AEW. Uh, but definitely in the top five for the weekend. Definitely. The crowd was into this one too. That was oh yes. They went back and forth for so long with the chops. <laughs> it was so good. I can't imagine. Especially the blisters on Ishii's. Oh my god, Chest. I know. I know. This was the longest match on the on the zero hour too, which they rightfully deserved it. Um, but yeah, like I love how like they're chopping and slap one another, and then they're so exhausted to leading against each other, and then they get this burst of energy and they start slapping again. <laughs> and then what was it? I love I love how Eddie reacts to getting hit. Um, because I there was probably a couple of times where Ishii would hit him with an elbow, and then you would just see Eddie crumple and just done, completely dead on the ground. It's just he does a great job selling those those chops and those elbows and stuff. But yeah, this was a lot of fun to watch. Like this got me into it. I was just like the first three matches were were good, but this one was like, all right, this is a perfect way to jump right into all out 
Are you hyped hoping... for a pay-per-view? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Best way to do it. Yeah. So pre-show was good. Mind you, we only kicked off four of these four of these matches here. Now we got the next eleven going on the main card, and this is where I would I would argue this is where things get weird. The pre-show, you're just like, okay, we're expecting a, a good ABW card. This is where it gets weird. So we start with the casino ladder match, which personally I've always thought this match should always open the show. There's been a couple of times it's always been like middle of the card or before the main event, and you're like, no, this is the one we get the crowd going. Right. So I like the placement of it. I like the way they were getting it set up. Mm-hmm. I liked how slowly like the build was happening. Actually, yeah. you, you know what? Let's be fair. The build on this match was doing pretty decent. Yeah. A little weird spots like, you know, um, when Claudia was trying to flip the flip the the ladder. A little awkward on that, but you know what? It's yeah. Claudio. Yeah, we'll we'll give him a pass for it. <laughs> but it got weird at the ending. All of a sudden, after the last person was coming out, these masks, and it wasn't even like they didn't even acknowledge it. They just started showing up in the ring. These yeah. black figures. Yep. And then one of them climbs up and I'm like, okay, this is again WWE booking. I was expecting James Ellsworth to come out, you know, the guy who won the first ever women's ladder in the bank, money in the bank match. Yeah. Um, and Stoltley Hathaway takes off the mask. Yep. And uh, then and then the announcement for the Joker comes out, and it's a fucking Rolling Stones song. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. However, you know what? I didn't like could have he I don't really want to like get too much into this one because I feel like this really plays with the end of the show. Right. Up until this point, this is weird. Now could have they had said individual wrestle a little bit or you know, can't come in at the worst time, waited or something. Absolutely. This is just, for some reason, at this point in time, it's weird. It makes a little more sense now, but I think you could have booked it a little differently. Because the crowd died at this moment. It killed that match. It ended up, you know, kind of, yeah, making sense, like, at the end of the night. But, yeah, you you killed the crowd with this. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, after that, we had the... (sighs) This is tough. And I think I would put this as one. I know you said, you know, again... Ishii and Kingston is my in my top five, but I would put this either one or two. The trio's final. Yes. Yeah. For me, this was easily the match of the night for AEW. Um, probably, at least for me, probably for me, it'd be the third best match of the weekend. This match here, I think, was if I'm to take any match that ended correctly, start to finish. I think this is the only one I can think of. This is, I mean, there's a couple others, but this one, it just, I've always loved the six-man tags. Ring of Honor was always excited with their six-man tags. New Japan is excited with their six-man tags. I don't understand why WWE doesn't have them. They should. But this match was, and it's funny, I'm watching it with my girlfriend. She's never seen Kenny wrestle, mind you. The whole time we've been dating, Kenny has been on injury. That's true. And anytime he's wrestled, she's going to bed. I was explaining, this here is the reason why Kenny and the Bucks are so good. Right. This is why they're the elite. This is why they were the only, 
they were one of the first, if not the only people to make seven figures with very little to no exposure via WWE. Right. But again, you can't knock Paige or the Dark Order because everybody, everybody was great in this match. We even had an Alex Reynolds chant throughout this match. I was just like, all right, let's go. Um, yeah, it's just, I think this was a fantastic match with, with, with the wrong ending. I don't feel like Kenny and the Bucks should have won the title first. Um, a lot of people immediately jumped on them for it. Like, oh, look, the, uh, the, uh, the EVPs are booking themselves into a championship. You know, it's like, it screamed old territories for a lot of people. And I don't know. I, I think that it would have been nice to have the dark water, get themselves some titles, especially since, since Brody Lee died. Um, and I think it would be great to have Adam Page have that one more over on Kenny Omega. I thought that would have been great. Um, yeah, exactly. But it is what it is. Yes, I was. I, I love the match. I thought the near falls were outstanding. Um, multiple times, I thought Hangman and Dark Order were could have won this match. Uh, it brought the crowd back, which is probably what desperately what they needed. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I kind of hope that dark order would have gotten the win with, with page, but no, it is what that it would have been fun. Yeah. I thought it was really funny how, uh, hangman goes for the Laria and Kenny ducks and he's trying to hit Kenny Omega. He yep. ducks and he hits John silver. Who's like a foot shorter with it. I know. I know. And, and you're I, aiming and I, up here. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I love, I also, I love what happened immediately after the pinfall too, where mm. or Paige jumps back in the ring and like consoles Silver, like screaming, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, it's just, I, it, it just, it added that extra layer that I'm just like, all right, this is, this is, this is, this is pretty cool. I wish they would have won, um, especially with, with the history that they've had together and everything else. And it's just, now <laughs> it kind of makes me wonder if Dark Order is going to turn on him now. So that, that, that does add that extra thing, but it's kind of like, can dark order really be heels again after Brody died? Kind of, it, it's kind of tough. So it, it's, it's that, it's that thin line that they need to walk on. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how they, we'll see how they go. You, so you will jump it back quickly. I think this is one of the few matches where I think you start planting seeds, right? There's a lot of matches here that were just like, oh, okay, you know, they kind of fell flat. Yeah. This is one of the few that started playing seeds because there was a couple of times Paige didn't hit, especially John Silver, specifically John Silver. Um, can they not be heels again? I, I mean, I would argue no, but also you would have the right leader. Right. You know, again, I don't know where he stands. I've heard that he's had another offer with a different promotion, mm. but Bray Wyatt is yeah. still out there, Rotunda. Yep. Again, the rumors are he, with another starting promotion. So that might not even be AEW. That might be supposedly Freddie Prince Jr.'s promotion he's working on. That's true. He's looking for to build one out in LA. That's true. But he would be an interesting choice to lead the Dark Order back into its rightful path. Correct. I if agree. You do correctly. Right. But um, no, it would have been interesting to see the Dark Order get the titles. Um, I will, this is what I'll say. I know a lot of people didn't want the, you know, the elite to win, but this is technically the first title that the Bucks and Kenny won where they weren't the first champions, where they were the first champions. Every other title, remember, episode two, 
That is true. So this is why I can give them a little bit of leeway where everyone's like, oh, they shouldn't have won it. They're booking themselves. Yeah, but they didn't book themselves to win the tag titles first off. Yeah. They didn't, Kenny didn't book himself to win the championship first off. They did the three-year build for Hangman to even get, you know. Right. And even the tag titles, I think Kenny and Kenny and Ad, Hangman had them before the Bucks, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. So I can give them a little little leeway with that. There's a little pull there. It's not like they're like, okay, they're the first champions across the board, and now they give themselves another championship first off the board. Right. That was my takeaway of that. I think it's the right decision. I mean, they're, they've clearly been the, the best trio you know you could think of in the company i don't i don't mind it and maybe it's a good way to give with kenny still again he's way back he's back way sooner than i thought i said 2023 right but maybe it takes a lot of the heavy lifting off of kenny waking okay he's in the ring but he's not always the focal point he's not having to carry a whole match himself right with an opponent so that might be a benefit benefit from that but great match definitely worth watching again one mm. or two for me could be arguably the best AEW match of the weekend. Next up, we had the TBS Championship. Jed Cargill defeating Athena, which at 37 wins now, 38 wins now. Yeah. Wasn't a bad match. But again, it's one of those, and I think you said it best, Scott. This is a this was a pay-per-view too late. Yes. Absolutely. Athena had a ridiculous amount of momentum with her debut, rolling into, I thought. The, you know, I, what was it? It was it. It was double or nothing. Yeah, we were there. Um, yeah, like I, that should have been the night that this match happened, and it would have been perfect for Athena to roll in to to take on Jade and, and get the win, and you know, then Jade could have gone off to you know go after the AEW Women's Championship, but they 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 delayed it. They threw Chris Statlander into this, and then Statlander blew out her knee, and then it was kind of just like, all right, what the hell's going on with this match? And then, oh, we're going to throw it in all out. Oh, okay. But yeah, this match felt, it, it just, it fell flat for me, which is unfortunate because I've really enjoyed um, what Jade has done in the ring. And I thought Athena would have been a perfect opponent for her, but I don't know. It just, I don't know. It just, it just, it didn't, it didn't do it for me, which is unfortunate. So, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I just, loved jade's look she was full-on she-hulk she-hulk yeah and it wasn't just like complete green paint it was like tints of green and it was like vein green veins painted yes. on her and the the outfit she had on was perfect um that was the highlight of it yeah for me no yeah, yeah she but came out pretty great. solid and i think the other good thing with jade is you know i know certain people were friends with they he a friend of ours despises jade thinks she doesn't have talent etc cetera, etc cetera. i won't get into the details on it i think i think jade especially with the way things are right now is a i don't want to say safe bet but a good bet to leave that title on yeah she's like you know when a, when a company starts to get you know you know showing cracks like this jade delivers she performs as long as she has the belt that that belt is safe right and it has meaning and purpose. So I'm really curious who they're gonna who's gonna drop it to. Like who? Who do you drop that to? Is it it's yeah. not even not even the world title. Right. That's the thing. It's not even the world title. Who does she drop it to? Yeah. I feel like the only way she's gonna lose that title is if it's in a multi-person match. I don't think she'll get pinned to lose that title. Yeah, or 
yeah shenanigans to yeah something but then again if not athena who you know aw honestly isn't the the focal point for most women to go to anymore or really ever <laughs> i mean they they haven't done all that well with their women's division even though they claimed this was going to be the best women's division in all professional wrestling it's not i mean it's they have stars but they don't do anything with them on tv they'll throw them on on on, on dark and dark elevation yeah but you know it's not television. You're not gaining new people. YouTube only goes so far. Sometimes it's how how I'm gonna I'm gonna how do I how do I word this? Sometimes a cheaper product, and I don't want to say dark and elevation aren't cheaper, but sometimes a product with lesser value looks less appealing because of the lesser value. Correct. 100%. If it's on you, you know, we can watch NWA, we can watch a lot of things on YouTube. You and I can enjoy it. Zach can enjoy it. But there's people out there who look like, oh, I don't know. I don't watch it on YouTube. It doesn't have the WWE quality. That's the thing. WWE right. has a, they have a quality assurance, quality, you know, you know, they're the brand. They have everything. They have the bell, all the bells and whistles. Yep. And sometimes looking down and be like, oh, that's cheap. Eh, why not? And it makes sense. But yeah. they need to definitely push that women's division more. I don't know how, even if it's an hour of, women's wrestling on tbs or something like that right i mean i i even i even heard something that rosa wants out now so it's like wow. she's the champion for god's sake I, injury or not like again that could be just bad a look yeah yeah exactly even if it's still you know, <clears throat> just having somebody say it out loud it's kind of like that doesn't look good <laughs> what i will say halfway through this card as we're talking about this, is if TNA Impact can get on a bandwagon where their product is better, like we got Bound for Glory coming up next month, which I just thought about excited for that card. Eddie Edwards and uh, Josh Alexander for the title. Ooh, all right. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I think AEW can. I think for whatever reason, I think I think the Triple H thing shook them up a little bit. Um, I think Tony definitely needs to get his uh, eggs in his, you know, couple of different baskets now he, again he needs writers yep. he needs some writers he needs people to work with it's not great to have all the power all the time right which is why we're all working together <laughs> can't have, let scott have a, can you imagine if scott took over the show i mean you know absolute power corrupts absolutely so i mean obviously you need to spread it around a little bit exactly exactly so following that okay i think the, ne the next one another top five match of the night Wardlow, FTR, take on defeating Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I'm a big... Uh, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley show up anywhere. Um, throw my money at you. <laughs> this is, I think, a dream match waiting to happen. I think FTR... FTR should go to Impact, wrestle on Bound for Glory, you know, in a tag team. Not, not a trios match between these. But... Uh, this was great. We got to see, you know, the chemistry between all six of these guys. Um, Sanjay Dutt coming out with the fight like an eight-year-old brat shirt. Um, and then Beautiful. at the end after the match, you know, Dax's daughter coming out, being able to pin him. 
you know, breaking just, his pencil, his pencil. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that was great. She just takes it. She's like, like kind of struggling a little bit. And all of a sudden snap. And you just see Sanjay go insane. I so think upset about it. I think Dax punched him. And I love Bryce Remsburg for this. He slides in the ring and does the three count for his, for Dax's daughter. I was crying, laughing. I'm like, this is fantastic. I thought, honestly, I liked this match, but that was the best part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, don't forget we had um, Joe come out. Yes, yes. Place exploding for Joe. Joe. This night was so long, I forgot about a lot of the stuff that happened. But you, you know what's interesting, though? I'm not, because of the length of the card, I'm not upset that we didn't have as many surprises or as many, I mean, there's a couple of special moments, but sometimes things like this just get, you know, I think I almost went to bed during like the, the end of the show. But like, yeah, the, the, this match had a lot of special, if you want to call it a WrestleMania moment or an all-out moment, you know, this was it. Samoa Joe coming out, Dax's daughter coming out. It was fun. It was a great match, great way to end it. Will yeah. you go from there? I don't know, but. Um, it just continues on the uh, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe storyline. That's really all this. That's, that's what that did. It's like um, they're prolonging till Ring of Honor officially starts again. That's what I'm getting from this. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely, I agree with you on that. Hopefully we get something on that soon because I, I want to watch more ROH stuff, but who knows? Let's talk about a victim of this card. Powerhouse Hobbs defeating Ricky Stark. A very focal point of Dynamite Television, only a five-minute match. I yep. felt like with the way that they had built this up, over time, this would have been a lot longer. You would have gotten 10 minutes out of these guys. Easy, yeah. Almost a squash. Almost, yeah. Um, I know Hobbs is, like, ridiculously strong and that um, his, oh, my God, I forget the name of the damn move, but uh, his spine buster is, is ridiculous, but I did not expect that to finish the match. Yeah. No. Yeah, I expected this definitely to go a lot longer. Um, I was looking forward to this match a lot and yeah, yeah, definitely a lot shorter. Um, I was really hoping Ricky would win, but I guess we'll see what they, where they go from here. Yeah. Yeah. This is one where I'm not even sure what you do. Like, you know, I'm glad powerhouse. He got the, uh, I was hoping he'd win. Um, I think when he joined, I said, this guy's going to be a monster. This guy needs to be up front and center. Now he's going to get that momentum, but where do you put him? You know, you can't make him Wardlow. Wardlow is in that spot right now. Right, but you could put them against one another. Ooh, and then he takes that belt from Wardlow? Maybe, or you have yourselves a nice, like, I don't know, I don't want to say an official best out of three or five, but you could have Powerhouse be like, well, I'm uh, I'm done with Ricky. Now I want some gold. Wardlow, I'm coming after you. I think that might be... That might be a good thing for full gear coming around. That'd be a big match. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna hold my thought off till we get to the main event here because okay. I've, 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 I got long term booking ideas, <laughs> long term booking ideas. Okay, so next up, we had Swerving on Glory taking on defeating the Acclaimed for the tag titles. Let's start off by saying that this match. This is, I think, the match I think the crowd was the loudest on. This was the crowd. The crowd was wild. This is where I was like, I was excited and it was fun. And then the ending happened. 
And it was like... Everybody loves the acclaim except Tony Khan. (laughs) I remember when the acclaim first came on and and, uh, I'm again, my thing has always been long-term book. Let's see how these guys turn out. Same thing like the dark order and whatnot. I think Scott, you might've been one of the people, I think maybe John Lipinski or some other people, they were just like, Oh, I don't like the acclaimed. At first I was completely like, I don't get these guys. I'm like, the raps are not even that good. It's just like, whatever. And then I don't know, something happened that all of a sudden I'm like, I love the acclaimed. (laughs) I've never seen Keith Lee booed. Right? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if he's ever been a heel, like a legitimate heel. I, I won't even count what they tried to do in WWE because that was just obnoxious. Um, but I'm trying to think. I don't know. Like from the matches I've seen, he's always been a, always been a face. But I feel like him and Swerve kind of like relished the thought of being booed and everything. It's just like the smirks that they were giving throughout the whole match. And I don't know. It's just the crowd clearly wanted the acclaim to win the championship. And I thought that would have been a great way to do it, but I don't know. Tony thought otherwise. And the crowd was not happy after this match ended. (laughs) They even tried. They thought that, doing a Keith Lee and Billy Gunn scissor at the end would have made the fans happy. And they were not having that. Nope, they did they not have a it. damn. Nope. They were like, screw you guys. The claim should have won. Nope. Now, if this leads to a rematch for the acclaim to get the titles, give me that rematch. Cause this match, again, the ending was just like, it was just like, what the fuck? We want the acclaim to win. But also you can't knock this even from Bowens, when Bowens buckled, I thought his knee actually, but like you saw him just drop. Yeah. And he played that off. I mean, maybe he did buckle his knee. I would say I maybe know. he did. Yeah. But that's the thing. He, I was just like, he really played off the rest of that match, but he still, towards the end, I'm like, if my knee buckled, I wouldn't be able to do half the shit he's doing now. Right. Uh, don't sleep on the acclaimed. I'm telling you, these guys in the next year are getting those titles. They deserve those titles. They've earned it at this point. You know, I just, I, it was funny. I was showing my girlfriend the, the new one says me daddy ass shirt. And I'm like, would you still love me if I bought this shirt? She goes in <laughs> private. Yes. In public. I don't think I'd acknowledge and buy me one too. <laughs> <laughs> see, see now, now you need to find a shirt that says, would you love me if I was a worm? And then you wear them together out in public. And then there you go. But now that the thing now with the acclaimed is if you do a rematch or whatever, give them the titles at some point, are they going to get a reaction like they would have gotten in Chicago there? If I don't know. you, I mean, they'll still be happy, but like the roof was ready to come off that place if they won. Oh my God. So now if you delay it, I don't think you get as big of a reaction. Who no, um, I mean, okay. Again, this is why I, I like to think long-term. I will always never forget Kofi Kingston's WWE title run because there were so many times, and Scott and I talked about this like religiously, he should have won that night. He should have won that night. He should have won that night. That crowd was on fire. That crowd was on fire. And then when it happened at Mania, it was perfect. It was, the place went insane. So there's an opportunity. I think there's an opportunity. Will the, if they do it right, they could get a louder reaction 
in the future, or maybe it falls flat. Right now, it looks like it could fall flat, but I think there's a potential for them to really build it up, build them up as now they're the underdogs against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland to really, you know, go, you know, full gear or revolution or even double or nothing. Somebody brought up Grand Slam with it being in New York. I believe one of them is from Jersey, so it's pretty much close to being a hometown, you know, advantage. Maybe that's the place to do it. Because you'd probably get an even bigger reaction than what Chicago is. And then Arthur Ashe is not a small stadium. It's um, actually, I think it's bigger than the one in the one in Chicago. Yeah. It so currently has the U.S. Open playing right now with tennis, but, you know. We'll th- Anthony is from New Jersey and Max Cash is from Long Island. There you go. Nice. Maybe that's the long-term booking to Grand Slam. But again, I like to wait. I mean, if it if it doesn't work out and it fizzles, it'll be remembered as an awesome match. Yeah. But the ending sucked. Right. And they also beat him clean too. So it's like, how do you warrant getting a rematch? If there were shenanigans, I completely understand. But this was a clean win, so I don't know. Great, man. I just, this was, again, this was, this kind of reminds me of, you guys remember Revolution with the exploding Bob Wire death match? <laughs> Slightly different reasoning where the match was actually really good. People forget how great that match was. Yeah. But then because of the, they always remember the ending. Happen, yeah. Yep. They remember the ending. So I just want to keep that in people's minds, listeners and everyone here that, you know, that match was fire. The end sucked, but it was fire. Good, good for reference. Now, here's one. I'm going to tell you right now. I was not invested in this match whatsoever. The four-way match for the women's title. I don't think it's been a long time since I've just been like clocked out of a match. The crowd wasn't into it at all. Nope. Nope. I think, honestly, I believe that that's probably because of the previous match. These four women, unfortunately, were, you know, they were casualties because the crowd was so pissed off that the acclaim didn't win the tag titles. And they, and they checked out too. That's a good point. You made a good point there. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but I just think, I think probably that, and it was just, I don't know this, this one in particular, it just, it wasn't, I didn't really care who won. I mean, Tony won and I'm glad she won it, but I was just like, you know what invested me more in this match than anything is the Baker hater, you know, bits. Thank you. Yes, exactly. You talk about planting seeds. This match planted some seeds between those two because Jamie Hater had this match won and Britt pulls out the, the ref. And I was like, all right, here we go. This is the beginning. They never fought one another. Because obviously the other two got involved again, but yeah, this plan was a smart way to do it. It was, yes. And also, I kind of like how they also tried to get the crowd back into it when Sheeta got hurt and got taken away and then came back with two kendo sticks. There was a little pop, but it was just like, man, or whatever. Yeah, like that was, I was like, come on, it's Sheeta. The thing is, with something like you knew she was going to come back. Shit. It reminds me. Okay, I think about the Dax and Cash one they did, where Dax 
they actually, I think they took him out on a stretcher. And there was a point because he was, what, he did have problems with his leg. And you're like, shit, he's not coming back. This has just become a two-on-one. And then right. he comes back and you're like, oh, shit. Like, they yeah. just literally taped him up and sent him out. That was done correctly. This was kind of like, oh, yeah, she's just going to come back. Right. It was just a little too predictable. But I love the planting of the seeds. You know. See, Britt stealing the show again, even though she didn't win. <laughs> we won't talk about how somebody picked against her. Let's. Well, let's, I got the point. That's true. Well, we all got the point on that one. Yeah. Can someone explain to me, though? <clears throat> Zach, you're going to love me for this. Somebody explain to me how she's had very little TV time. She hasn't had a title, but she still feels like the face of this whole division. She feels like the head of the table, like, honestly. Yes, because, yeah, whatever time they do give her, she always makes the most of it. Um, yeah, she doesn't need a title. She never, I mean, her, her title run was amazing. Um, and yeah, that's why I didn't feel like I had to pick her in, in this <laughs> match. Um, cause yeah, just, it, it really doesn't feel like she needs a title. She does still feel like the top attraction in the women's division. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, you got this Brit and Jamie storyline. You can everyone's going to be interested to see where that goes now. So it's more that than seeing what Tony Storm does as champion. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what they do with Tony. I'm glad Tony got it. She definitely deserved it. Mm. But um, I guess we wait on this one. We wait and see what happens. Um, let's talk about. The next, probably, I don't even know if you want to say trap. This is the problem, I think, with this pay-per-view. There are a lot of things you consider travesties, but because of certain, you know, certain things, you know, tied into what's going on here, you understand it, but you feel like they could have executed it better. In the case of Christian Cage taking on defeating Jungle Boy with the help of Luchasaurus. Yep. I didn't realize this. Christian came out with a sling. I didn't realize he was actually injured going into this. Mm-hmm. And I understand it was cool to see the Luchasaurus, you know, he's actually turned now. I thought this was probably the most vital part about this. Right. Because you you stated, Scott stated, and I quote, he's never laid a hand on Christian. And that was actually Zach. Zach had said that. Oh, Zach that, said that. That okay. wasn't me. That was Zach. Yeah. Okay. But you, Zach, you said that. I, I, I do remember that being spoken. And I was like, okay, so, and this is, you know, AEW's actually been pretty good with that, with being able to be like, oh, so-and-so turned, but did they turn? Right. And then they do like a flip. It was a double turn. <laughs> and you know what? They do it probably a little more often than, you know, WWE does. But I think if AEW has a good execution, it's stuff like this. Because it's like, oh, yo, Luchasaurus is back with Jungle Boy. And you kind of just forget about it. Right. And then stuff like this happens. But the way this could have they waited until full gear to do this, to actually get Christian in the ring. I think at this point they needed to have something happen. I, I feel like maybe Luchasaurus should could have waited until before the uh, after the entrance. Um, obviously, Christian was injured. This needed to be a short match. 
Uh, I knew that they weren't going to have a long match, period. Uh, I don't know. It just felt weird, like, with with Jack turning around, looking for Luchasaurus, not knowing what's going on, and Luchasaurus just appearing from behind him. And it's just like, I don't know. It felt a little janky. Like, they could have... I don't know. Like, he could have... Like, Jungle Boy could have started walking down the ramp with... Um, Luchasaurus behind him, and then Christian do like I don't know some some nod or some some I don't know some points or something, and then Luchasaurus attacking Jack Perry and then throwing him in the ring and have Christian get the win. Christian didn't even have to hit a move at that point. Luchasaurus could have just destroyed him beforehand. But I don't know. The I, I felt like maybe they just could have changed that one thing, and I would have been like, oh shit, oh my god, he turned on him again and throw him in the ring. Christian you know picks up the the, the scraps, but. I mean, whatever. I mean, we all. I, I knew this was coming a mile away, um, and just Christian coming out with the with the with the brace. I was just like, all right, well, yeah, this is definitely going to be like a two minute match. If that, see how this goes. That's how it went. <laughs> that probably would have been better, like getting Luchasaurus out there and then like a turn in the middle yeah. of the match or whatever, or maybe it still has to happen right before the match. But it was I, I did kind of like it, though. Jungle Boy's looking for Luchasaurus out of the face tunnel, and then he comes out of the yeah, other yeah. tunnel. So, yep. I mean, that's kind of funny how they how yeah. they use those. I think Tony even mentioned it. He came out of the other tunnel. <laughs> You're playing off because we all do that. Although I, I do like that fact that AEW has the face tunnel and the heel tunnel. I like that. I, that's pretty that's pretty funny. Yeah, I think the situation was just a victim of circumstance. I don't think it was necessarily bad. But, you know, with the cards that they were dealt with, this is one of those where it's like, okay, well, he's injured. How do you play this off? I mean, you could have even done something where Christian Cage came out and been like, well, I'm injured. I can't wrestle, but I have somebody who can. And, you know, Luchasaurus comes out. That, that's true. That ooh, that could have been interesting. Yeah. So you could have but, immediately gone into Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy. Yeah. But the it's the surprise factor that everybody knew was coming. So Yeah. So. Because I don't think the crowd was really like, oh, a surprise. Luchasaurus is turning. Everybody was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we knew this was coming. Continue. Yeah. Um, I think another top five match for AEW, uh, Chris Darko, Brian Danielson. Quite a mat match here. And Jerry was- getting the win. I was a little surprised by that, but yeah. now I'm thinking about it like I don't know, maybe that sets them up to have a, a Jericho and Daniel Garcia feud and and Garcia can beat Jericho at the next pay-per-view to, to avenge his hero. But it was a good match. It was. Definitely. There... We also have the, uh, the Pure Championship match coming up on Dynamite. I think yeah. this this one will be interesting. There's a couple of ways you can tell the story. Chris Jericho said he's not getting involved with the Garcia match, oh. which he might, you know, he might not. I honestly, this is one of those scenarios where any direction you go with it, I think will will be fun. Daniel Garcia loses. Oh, you you're nothing other than the JAS, this and that, da 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 da. You know, Daniel Garcia can win, and then Jericho tries to like ride that coattail, and he goes, "No, I did this myself without you." Or he's a sports entertainer; he will help Garcia. And guess what? You did need us the whole time. 
So I think this is one of those few stories where any direction they go, they can make it work. You could even throw in there that Brian Danielson comes out to help Daniel Garcia. And then Jericho could be like, oh, you can't do this by yourself. You need to have somebody else to help you. That's not us. Then that'd be that'd be interesting because then he helps Daniel, but he's going against Real Yuta, who's also in the Blackpool Combat Club. Well, I'm not necessarily helping him, but just being out there. Like he doesn't have to get involved. Oh, then, I see what you're saying. And then Jericho can get pissed off because Brian Danielson was out there. And he's he coaching him. Correct. That Garcia can't do it alone without somebody helping him. And yeah, there's a whole, like you said, there's a whole list of ways you can go about this. And I don't see a bad one out of the bunch. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Now, this here, I'm gonna we're gonna hop to this match because I don't think honestly, again, Jericho and Danielson, they put on a great mat match. They're very technical. It just I don't know what else to say about it. It's perfect. Watch it. This one here, Darby Sting and Miro. I'm gonna say right now, House of Black should have won this. House of Black is supposed to be this like threatening force to the company and they lose it's almost like darby at this point i'm not even gonna talk about sting darby has this like and i love darby he has this weird almost like a like a legends feel to it like the moment darby comes out you're almost like oh yeah this darby's gonna win this like he just handed like wins i almost feel like certain things aren't even a challenge for anymore if it's darby in a coffin match or darby He's almost. Does he have a decent win record at this point? He does. Um, I don't. I don't know if I'd go that far as to say that he's guaranteed to win because he's said on the. He's he has said on the record that he has no problem putting people over. Uh, he wants to do that. Like maybe I guess maybe in that way, yeah, it's a legendary status because he just. If he knows that somebody's going to take the ball and run with it after after a match with him, he has zero problem putting people over. This match, I feel like, has more to it than what we saw. And I read about this afterwards. Uh, Apparently, Malachi, after the match was over, did some bows to the crowd, blew some kisses out. I think he's going away for a little bit. He's one of those rumored people that has requested his release, but for you know, medical reasons or mental health issues and stuff like that. But apparently he was denied that release request, but I think he's taking time off. I don't think he's going to be around for, you know, for, for a little bit. So I think the house of black, is just going to be buddy and Brody. And I've also heard that buddy wants out or they're not going to renew his contract. So it might just be Brody for a while. I don't know. So I think having Miro, Sting, and Darby get the win here makes sense because now it gives Malachi that catalyst to be like, all right, well, I need to step away for a little bit. And like, I feel like maybe this, him bowing to the crowd and blowing kisses and everything out to them was kind of like his, you know, his his swan song. I guess with that, that makes sense. Um However, if if I was if we were to take those pieces out, right, then then I agree with you. House of Black should have won this match because the the other team is literally just thrown together. Yeah, yeah. I I get the I, you're, you know enemy of my enemy is my friend. I get that, but yeah, House of Black should have easily taken this whole thing. But they were all but, tormented by the House of Black for a little while, so I think they were 
kind of do for a little revenge on them. That does make I mean, that's true. And of course, Sting spitting the, you know, the venom back into Malachi's face. That was pretty that was good. That kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that when Sting came out, he didn't have the the eye paint. It was back to his normal. And I was like, oh, OK, that's an interesting tidbit. And then spitting out the poison, I'm like, oh, he just, all right, you're giving it back to him. All right. OK. All right. All right. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting, and I can't believe this card. This this match was as far down the card it was. I figured some yeah. of these, it, maybe it's their way to kind of you know test the waters with certain people like Miro towards the front and Darby towards the front. Not sure, but now it was it was probably another victim of circumstance. You know, again, I felt like the House of Black should have won, but if they're looking to leave or at least take some time off, I guess that makes sense. This last match, I'm thinking about it now. Victim of circumstance, I'm not sure. Not really sure. CM Punk taking on defeating John Moxley via pinfall. Um, this is a weird one because I because of CM Punk was supposed to have the belt all summer, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He dropped it. Moxley got it back in June. Now, I was just thinking as we're talking about this, the buildup kind of made sense, you know, CM Punk, you know, with him losing the belt to Moxley and, but then having that promo with what's his name, his old trainer, telling him he needs to fight in Chicago kind of made sense. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why wasn't this done just on the pay per view? Or do you think that little buildup was necessary to really get the crap? Yeah. You're, you're shaking your head like nope. this made no sense. No, nope. there was you. You could have had Punk come out and have that self doubt because thinking maybe he's come back too early. You could have had a Steel come out and be like, "No, you're effing CM Punk." Blah 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 blah, blah and and just re-energize Punk going into the pay per view. There was no reason to have this squash match uh, with Moxley taking it. I get it. It gave Moxley a little extra fuel to be like, oh, well, I, th- I expected more out of CM Punk, blah, 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 blah. You could have still had him just rip CM Punk apart talking about how his body's weak, you know, and his mind's weak because he's still, you know, he has self-doubt and how Moxley doesn't have any doubt at all what, you know, that what he's going to do on Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. You could have gone about this a whole different way instead of getting a shock value with Punk losing the belt in like three minutes. And then turning around the following week and getting it back. It's just, I don't know. I I, I hate to use 50-50 booking here or lazy booking, but it kind of feels that way. And, that, and, and it's a shame. It's truly a shame. It was weird, but yeah, I, I still felt like it was Tony Khan wanting to create a little underdog story for CM Punk to go in as a challenger and to give him a big moment to win in win the title in Chicago. Um, I don't know. That's what I chalk it up to, which I don't know. I guess if you're from Chicago, maybe that was pretty cool, but it was still definitely really weird how they, how they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm satisfied with the ending. However, we're going to, we're going to pull a, Quentin Tarantino and jump back to the beginning quickly. <laughs> so we find out who who are 
mystery challenger is, you know, who the devil himself is. Mm. I'm going to say it right now, and I said it pretty much months ago, and anybody who thought otherwise and thought he was because of this, to me, he is the best in the fucking business. And if you're not behind him, go fuck yourself. <laughs> MJF, that call, especially when he started with that call, producer feeling like, hey, last offer, sign you for X amount of money, blah, 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 blah. And then takes off the mask and you see the scarf. I was like, perfect. Now you've cleared the road. Now, M- this is where I texted Scott. I don't know if I texted you, but I know I texted Scott. I go, what if we get a Mania 31 moment here where CM Punk wins the belt and then MJF comes out and goes, title shot right now and stole it in Chicago. Granted, I think Chicago was more excited to see MJF than CM Punk. Oh my God. Yeah. And and, and and it's funny that you say that because Zach and I were talking about during the pick show that what if Punk turns on Chicago? This, this fuel would be that moment. Because of the way this played out and we had MJF come out, like I said, the, the, the casino ladder match seems, could have he come out and wrestled and done something to, you know, make it more about uh, be a little more active. Sure. But I'm less hurtful about the way that ended because it's MJF because of it's like, he's always won because he's an old school heel. He didn't have to lift a finger. How many times in his career has he had to lift a finger to do anything? Not much because he's the best in the business and he's better than you and you know it. So for me, and again, I can't give this to anybody else. Like uh, I'm going to take my glasses off here. Serious talk. Serious, Sam. There were very few wrestlers who can get away with certain things. You know, Jericho winning against Danielson, you know, via shenanigans. Why? Because he's a sports entertainer, and that's who his character is, and it makes sense. You know, I think the only person I could give, you know, MJF, aside from what MJF did tonight, that's almost like something Piper would have done. You know, that's that's like old school Piper. You know, you can't give it to every heel who does this. But MJF makes sense. And Scott and I said, since day one, you need to take that, give him that title and let him fucking run with it. And you don't let it go. Nope. He needs to have much to run. And if he takes it from CM Punk, that's the guy who needs to take it from, because he's the fan favorite. Despite what is going on backstage, post-media scrum and whatnot, he's still the fan favorite. And I know more people than ever who want to punch MJM in the face. And I want him to have that title for over a year. So due to the fact the way this show ended, I'm satisfied because it was MJF. It'll make a lot of people very angry when, when he beats CM Punk and he, I don't, I don't even can't even imagine what his title reign will look like, what the things that he'll do. Um, to be avoid having to defend it or to yeah to, to keep hanging on to that belt um being interesting if he if he if he does have new friends the guys who came out and cleared the ring for him in the ladder match if um that's that's an alliance that's gonna be moving forward since he doesn't have wardlow anymore maybe these are some of his his new crew yep now the thing we ha- they have to do right and i will go back to 
Jinder Mahal's title run. The problem with Jinder Mahal's title run and every title shot. There was nothing wrong with Jinder's title. (laughs) You can't hinder it. That's right. I think the worst part about that was every time he wrestled, it ended the same way. Yeah. Exactly the same way. Oh, yep. He's about to. Oh, no. Here comes the. The Coloss. Yeah. Um, yep. the, the, what the, the, the brothers there. The, yeah. The same brothers. The yeah. They would the just come out. And he has a little more playroom. MJF can use the ring. He can use, you know, Stoutley. He can use somebody else. He can get creative. Yeah. I think he. He's got oh. W. He's got W. Morrissey by his side now, and uh, you know, yes, Wardlow did beat him, but W. C. Mor- w. Morrissey is not. <laughs> he's seven not, feet tall, not a and you can't teach that exactly. <laughs> the The other thing here. Now I'm going to jump back to this. We talk about Powerhouse Hobbs. Now he goes for the title. MJF. You know he plows through people somehow. He has a title for a year. Now you have Wardlow without a TNT title and Wardlow starts going up the card. So you build up for the rematch Wardlow and MJF for the title. This is the, this is the next story after hangman page winning belt is MJF and Wardlow for this title. But does Wardlow win? Cause MJF took a beating at double or nothing. And you yeah. know, you know he's not going to have a clean one-on-one match against Wardlow ever again. Ever again. Somebody is going to get involved. There's going to be shenanigans. Are you talking Morrissey and Wardlow? Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that already happened. Wardlow won. But if if Stokely Hathaway has like 20 people by his side, somebody's going to get involved in these matches. But yeah, if, if you have... MJF champion and he has the championship for like a year and then you have the Wardlow match and everyone's expecting Wardlow to win and MJF beats him there you go another level for MJF and his hatred that would be insane Mm -hmm. yep and then you'd have to build somebody else up to take that from him maybe one of the other pillars Dante Martin comes Mm. down the road a few years down the road have him continue to do his craft. And if he decides to go back into a tag team when his brother returns from yet another injury, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, um, seeing MJF as champion. And also I, I, I joke about Grand Slam for the acclaimed. Grand Slam right next to Long Island for, uh, for MJF. They they love him in Long Island. It's like I love seeing those crowds. It's bizarro world. It, it really is. is. It's like how are you cheering for the man that everybody else wants to punch in the face, and yet you're like they boo the they boo the fa- they boo the, the the baby faces. They cheer the heels. Yeah. It's like what's going on? It's wild. <laughs> but I'm I'm. Again, there's, there's, there's a couple diamonds in the rough here from this pay-per-view. Overall, yeah. this is still, I would consider, probably the worst pay-per-view that AEW has had. <sighs> Going forward, what are we expecting? I don't know. Because qu- quick talking point, we had that media scrum, if anyone had seen it, where CM Punk called out the elite, called out the EVPs, called out Hangman Page about the whole Colt Cabana thing, pretty much said that they act childish, et cetera, et cetera. And it sounded like there was a confrontation where even the EVPs were like, we're going to fucking leave. So where do we... Tony needs to get his shit together. 
when it comes to keeping the shit organized. Yep. The uh, the the prisoners need to stop running the asylum. Tony needs to rein this in because this can get ugly real quick. This like like looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, God, this is this is this is early 2000s WCW. Like it's that toxic, and it's like stop it. No, <laughs> I love WWE what they're doing, but they need competition. They need other companies to survive long enough where they can push WWE to continue to do good stuff. If AEW is going to crumble like this, that's not that. No, they need to get their their ducks in a row and stop having shit fall apart. They have so many stars, so many egos now. Yeah, and somebody all those guys like new guys coming in, big stars. Now they've got this huge collection of stars. Yep, somebody Some really needs to put egos. the egos in check. Yeah. They need to, or else this is not going to end well. If I were to give Vince McMahon credit, it would be because he was the man. Who I mean, he was the man in the in the industry. No big star could come and talk to him without knowing that you're talking to God. <laughs> well, yeah well yeah to an extent but that's that what even... i'm saying like you know you might have had the cm punks or some people who didn't like but that man held your career right you know yeah, if you can... thought you were hot shit and you really weren't vince mcmahon's gonna be like yeah he'd i don't bury care. you he'd bury yeah. you yep he did it to everybody he even tried it he even did it to stone cold nobody 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 at the time was above vince mcmahon the only person that did in Vince McMahon was Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now Triple H is in charge. Things are going well. Let's see how this goes. But that's another ship. That's another ship. You know, AEW's ship is on fire right now. They need to put out the fires so that they can correct their course and keep going. Because up until last night, I was like, this company's doing a great job. Everything's great. But like you said, there were some diamonds. There were some good stuff. A lot of seeds planted for some future stuff. But there was also a lot of garbage and a lot of issues and a lot of shit that needs to be corrected. So hopefully they're able to get that taken care of so that we still have, you know, momentum going forward for for everybody involved. How did the um, the picks go for this weekend? I didn't I didn't get a score update on who won out of us from the our predictions. Just well, curious. Just yeah, of course you're curious because you know uh, there's a reason why we called you the best book machine at the beginning of this podcast because out of nowhere, this man, Mrs. Zach, clean swept Sam and I right off the board. Nobody shared points. Zach won them all. He now has a commanding 3-1-1 lead over both Sam and myself. And, uh, yep. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was letting everyone believe that he couldn't get any picks right. And I waited. (laughs) I waited for this weekend. I said, I picked this months ago. I said, there's three events we're going to be picking in one weekend. That's my moment. Yep. And the man showed up. He All right. This is the thing that completely infuriates me it also makes me laugh hysterically i watch wwe religiously every monday every tuesday every friday i feel like i've had a good sense on how things go 
when it comes to everything. The change with, with Triple H kind of threw me off a little bit. So I will attribute that to this. But both Clash and Worlds Collide, I finished last. <laughs> On all of this. Well, I, I mean, I really shouldn't be surprised because Sam always beats me with these things. So he hasn't watched WWE product like religiously for, I don't even know, for years. And he always picks better than me because I hate myself. And that's how this goes. That's what you get for dedicating <laughs> so much time. God damn me dedicating. My... <laughs> but Zach goes five and oh on NXT Worlds Collide, which and I he never... hasn't watched. Never watch NXT. Just never watches NXT and picks all the winners. And the thing that infuriates me the most is that he just picks pretty deadly because the name sounds cool. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, WrestleMania 39, I can see the headline, the best book machine versus the Nostradamus of professional wrestling. It's going to be, that's going to be your main event, folks. I'm already with live stream WWE 2K22 match. <laughs> There it yes, is. <laughs> get that up. I love it. Someone had to challenge Scott. His Scott's reign of terror. <laughs> yes, my reign of terror, yes. Scott's going to have a longer drought than the Jets at this rate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been a crazy weekend. We're looking forward to uh, November. We'll be... Uh, we'll be handling... Um, geez, full gear and Survivor Series. But... We're back. Let's clarify that. We are back. Above the ring is back. Myself, Scott, and Mr. Zach, we become to you, I don't know, weekly, bi-weekly. We'll figure it out. You'll hear from us a lot more. Don't forget to listen to Scott's NXT Narrative Raw Review and SmackDown Study that drop on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. You can find me, the SLB official, Scott, Scotty J-Stream. Zach, what's your, are, you, are you Mr. Zach on Twitter? Mr. Zach the Genius on Twitter. That is, that's a fact that's scientifically proven. That's especially after this weekend. <laughs> yep. Um, don't forget we're on all streaming platforms. If there's one that you cannot find us on, please make sure you let us know. We'll put ourselves on there on your streaming platform. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why ship studios and above the ring is the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you for listening. We've had a great weekend guys. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.